Hi, I'm Gemma Myrna and welcome to episode three of my brand new Mind and Wellness podcast. We'll be hearing about experiences from a variety of guests and experts and I'll be sharing some of my own stories, all with the aim to improve your everyday life. We've looked at the effects of stress in episode one, how fitness and nutrition are vital. And for the next two episodes, we're looking at how living with conditions many people suffer from and how any barriers shouldn't get in the way of you growing and shining every day. With the focus on autism, when diagnosed, it usually affects boys by a ratio of one to four over girls. And it's a condition that you are born with. We welcome a good friend of mine, someone that I've had years of history with, both on and off screen, Holly J. Bowes. Holly will share her experiences around autism and her verbal ADHD diagnosis that were diagnosed late on in her life. The Mind and Wellness Podcast with Gemma Murna. So... We have Holly J. Bowes on our couch today. So most of you probably will know, if you don't, me and Holly used to play Sisters on Hollyoaks. An absolute blast from the past. I know, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so Holly used to play my sister. We'll probably talk a little bit about that today. Oh, but, a little bit. But maybe, that, maybe that's a little separate chat. But the reason why I wanted to get Holly on here today was in your 30s, you have been diagnosed with autism and ADHD, haven't you? I have indeed. I just find you absolutely inspirational. I watched one of your stories of you getting flights and you missed the flight. You really opened up on Instagram on this story of how it affects you. Yeah, that was the first time I kind of realised and admitted that I had a disability. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but it was the first time that I realised that I had a disability and Mm. that I actually needed help. It really made me tear up because I felt like people need to see this. People need to see how open you are. And I know that was really hard for you probably to do that, but I was just like, I need to chat to you about this. I really do need to chat to you. Knowing me from the age of, what, 17? Yeah. Do you feel like things make sense now, though? Yeah. Looking back on it and and maybe how how we interacted with each other in work, how I interacted with other people in work. Do you feel like it makes sense? Because so many people have gone, ah, and I go, ah. And And we had such a lack of understanding. Well, we still have a lack of understanding now, but we really had lack of understanding then. That's the thing, what you're saying there, lack of understanding. And the reason why I wanted to do this podcast and speak to you about it was we make people more aware of this. And the fact that there is help you can get, you can still live with these diagnoses and still have an amazing life, life, an amazing career that you have. You've got your own business as well. So I just think it's really important that we open up these conversations and then that there is more help within workplaces. And in the world, don't you think? Yeah, it's so funny because I'm working on a project at the moment, which I'm not allowed to discuss. But working there and having somebody come up to me on my first day and go, hi, we're aware that you've got accessibility needs. Is there anything that you want from us? I was like, what? I was like, okay. Having wardrobe call me up and go, hi, babes, we want to get you in for a fitting because we're aware that certain materials trigger you. Yeah, I was like... I've never had this. I would never speak negatively about Hollyoaks in that way. But the way the way it was back then compared to now is this is your outfit, no matter if it's scratchy, if it's too tight, if it's uncomfortable, that's that's what you that's mm. what you will be wearing. 
And it's like, oh, but maybe it doesn't fit quite right. Or yeah. one of my triggers is the way things fit me. Yeah. Certain makeup's on my skin if I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also got this weird thing that none of my skin can touch. Yeah, so if my arm's touching my armpit, that makes me feel a bit sick. So I've always okay. got to put something under it. I have to have something always in between my legs. Yeah. So if I'm wearing a skirt, I can only last in that for a couple of hours. Yeah. Well, isn't this really interesting though? Like, I didn't know this. But do I you didn't... not remember when we used to go on set, I used to always have an issue with wardrobe and I just came across as difficult. And I had that wig that I wore for three years yeah. with my I hair remember the wig. gelled <laughs> down to my... I had this pink hair underneath gelled down to my head, which was wet and disgusting. And then the wig put on top and the clips and then people putting constant wet things on oh, my face. No. Everything was triggering and now I know why. And it makes so much sense. Don't you think it's <sighs> that industry back then as well? We oh, all gotcha. had to just get on with it. And you said like, one thing that wasn't right. It was like, you're out the door. Yeah, and I that experienced that first time. <laughs> It's like, all right, off I go. See you later. <laughs> you always pop back though, didn't I you, for a while? <laughs> do you want to come back and do some filming? Come on then. But no, I was just saying before we got on this chat, you are one of the most talented people that I've ever come across. You're just brilliant at acting. And it's sad though to think that you fell under so much pressure back then. But Gemma, I had worked in that building from the age of 15. Mm. Yeah. So I started off on Grange Hill, moved straight on to Hollyoaks within a month. There was yeah. no sit down. I just was straight yeah. into it. And then before I know it, I'm getting scripts through my door with a different surname on. Yeah. And then before I know it, you're in auditions. Oh my God, we're casting you this big family. You were in the audition yeah. wearing stupid boots, fishnets, and a big titty bra. <laughs> and it was like, what is going on? And I'll never forget her audition. I need to talk about this. So I was sat up on the stage at 16 years old, watching all these people that were coming into my family. And Jenna Myrna sat there with her hair all tied up on her head in this Big ponytail, <laughs> wearing nothing but this bra that made her boobs touch each other. Was it shorts or a skirt? It was a denim skirt <laughs> with fishnet tights and thigh boots and a gold glittery top with um, yeah. a shrug over yes. the top. It was all from Primark as well. <laughs> but I did, I just went in. I got the brief of what the family was about and I was like... I'm getting apart. But one amazed when you look so, I even still can remember that audition yeah, like now and I you did. being at the fun with Brian and Dorothy and, and Mark. And Mark. Yeah. Everyone who was in the family was all around one table blew the eventually cast. And it's mad that like we, we won't go into names, but there's like stars that are out there now yeah. that went into that audition yeah. that are now doing really well as yeah. well. And you sat there and you're like, oh my God. I know. An amazing time, it wasn't was. it? Do you find though that you didn't appreciate that time as much as when you look back on it now and go, yeah. I've achieved loads actually. Totally. But at the time, it was just the norm though at the time, the wasn't it? Because you just catapulted into it, aren't yeah, you? Catapulted. I was 22 and I thought I was old enough and knew it all. I was 16 and thought that. Well, you know what? <laughs> I did. Attitude problem. But I, I felt like I did live life a little bit before I went into Hollyoaks. But now being 38 and looking back, I was like, I knew nothing. I absolutely knew nothing. How and I just went into it. So for you being a 16-year-old, yeah. also going from Grange Hill straight into Hollyoaks, then getting a family completely cast around you, and then all the pressure of the media and, and all that sort of stuff. That was the hardest bit for me. The bit where I was always called the Ugly McQueen. I was never asked to do press. 
It was never about me. And like everybody Mm. used to see how I was treated. And it was like, there was a situation, there was a few situations where I was like, why am I not in this article? I made this family. Why, Why do they not want me? You're not sexy enough. You're too funny looking. You're not small enough. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily the press office. It was just the people who were requesting. At 16, being told you were only cast because you weren't conventionally pretty, that sits with you. Of course it does. And like... That completely threw my judgment of who I was, which was then what started off the constant, my own campaign of not looking ever like Michaela, making sure Mm. that I dyed my hair pink and I got the wig so I could differentiate between the two. But then with my autism, what I realise now is the second I put that wig on, I was Michaela from 7am till 7pm. And I basically masked as her and anything I said and anything I I could do as Michaela. You was me, Michaela. Yeah. But honestly, Holly, I really relate to everything you're saying there as Carmel because... That's why I felt like I had to leave because I become her. I didn't know who Gemma was. So I don't know if that like it, that is an acting thing, especially when you work on yeah, soap, yeah, yeah. when you're playing that character for 12 hours a day, you know, five to six, seven days a week. You do merge, don't you? Do you know what I mean? At what point did you... So I had a, a very funny relationship with the idea of talking about Hollyoaks after mm. the show for probably seven or eight years. Mm. I got cast in a uh, theatre production when I was 28 to play Mm. a 16-year-old soap star who was a nightmare. It was like therapy for me. I went right back. The scenes that they wrote in, I remember having those particular conversations with Mm. people in makeup or other actors, you know, co-stars. And I remember sitting there going, this character's me. I sat in audition and was like, I was her. This was me when I was younger. And I went up to the writer and I was like, listen, I know I'm way too old for this part, but this she's me. She's absolutely me. And I got it. And it was complete therapy for me. And since that day, I've been able to poke fun and talk about it and not have it as something in my life that makes me feel uncomfortable anymore. Mm. What point in your life did you feel like it was something that you could speak about? I would say the past couple of years, probably doing a lot of the meditation, the yoga, the healing, becoming a coach, becoming a life coach. I think that gave me a lot of perspective on... It was a job, but when we were in it, it was your life. It was a bubble. It was a bubble and you only kind of hung out with the people on the bubble as well. Like And then when you left, and when you left, no one (laughs) Oh my all my best mates never rang me. I was like, oh okay. (laughs) And then you have to rebuild your life. I remember thinking when I left the show, I can't wait till these people have to leave and have to get a normal job. We've reconnected and I think I'm older now. I have so much more compassion. I was very much that person, I've got to do the job and I've got to do it right because I don't want to lose my job. And, (laughs) and, you know, I was very, I was very like theatre school ready. That's the sort of person I was because I'd been put through that hard training. I think I was also always under fear. We had a very different approach to how we Totally. We, I I think we probably still still do now have a very different approach, but that's because I'm not trained. They saw me doing it like an amateur production of something and they went, we want you on your agency. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant. I was 12. Yeah. And then I was booking jobs from the age of 14. But this is the thing with me, though, that I've realised since I've done my coaching, I give 150% at everything and that 50% ruins everything for me. Okay, explain. So if I do an audition, I'll like really try that hard. It ruins my acting. I want to be that perfect girl and I want to like tick all the right boxes. Do you lose yourself in the process? Totally lose myself. So I'm the complete opposite. I'll go in like a bulldozer and go, hi, nice 
nice to meet you. You okay? Oh my God. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Let's do this. Right. But I, they I, love I, that, I, don't they? So the thing that I'm working on at the moment, it was my first audition walking into an actual space. So it was like this. We had all the producers and the directors sat here. I was sat over there where the mm. camera is. It was the first time that it wasn't just a self-tape. Like the industry's changed so much. Yeah. We now get more auditions because yeah. everything's through self-tape. Can you get this in by Wednesday? Yes, I can. No yeah. problem. Yeah. You're working on your best take. You're doing all of that. So yeah. when you get a recall and you're actually in the room, <laughs> oh, okay, I've got to go and meet five or six other people and do, mm. what I, do what I just did here on this tape, but better and in person. Yeah. And I walked into the room, bear in mind I wasn't open yet about my diagnosis, and I'm very fiddly. I've got my fiddle rings on now. Yeah. This helps. I like that. And like, yeah. I've got my little stims that I do that help me. So I walked into the room and I sat down. It was a casting director that I've worked with before and she's amazing. And I walked in and I went, thank you for reading your emails. For this particular project, I sent them an email and I went, you saw me so many times as a child, see me now as an adult, get me in. I, I, I want a job with you. Yes. She got me in. I and love I went it. And sat down in front of her and there was five other people and all of a sudden... I was yeah. like, oh my God, what is this? What is this feeling? And I was like, this chair is too big. My legs were dangling. And what I had to do was deliver a proper audition of like this feisty, feisty mm. girl. And I couldn't centre myself. I'm five foot three. This chair was massive. And I was like doing my speech. I couldn't sit still. Everything yeah. was going mad. And then I just went, I'm so sorry. Can I have a minute? And you know full well back in the day, you would never... Never have you, a minute. And I just went, sorry, can I have a minute? And they were like, yeah, sure. And I went, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've just been diagnosed with autism and ADHD and I'm having a moment and yeah. I need a minute. I'm having sensory overload. Wow. And they all went, okay, no oh. problem. What do you need? And how I did went, that make you feel though? Can I just butt in there I like... shit myself. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for swearing. I pooed myself. And then I felt like this weird overwhelming thing of why have you just blurted that out? Why, why have you just done this? And they all kind of looked back at me and I looked and yeah. I, they all had complete compassion. Oh. And it was completely different to anything I'd ever experienced. And it went silent for about 30 seconds. And I went, oh, can I just say, your chair's massive. This, is, this chair's too big. <laughs> like that. And then they all started laughing. And then they went, are you ready to go again? And I went, yeah, I'm ready. And they went, do you want a different chair? I went, yeah, I do. And they just got me a small chair. Oh, I that's can't amazing. How, I can't tell you how tall this chair was. It was so tall. I was like this. And that sort of thing, though, it does put you off because you're thinking of it. Yeah. And when you're acting, you can't really think of anything else going on as much as, you, you know, we do in real life. But you've got to be in the moment, in the present, really kind of engaged with that other person. So that really does affect you anyway. But with my sensory issues exactly. as well, I've got hypersensitive hearing. Right. So I can hear a pin drop. I can hear everything so I used to have this issue when I was younger where I couldn't sleep with a, with a clock in my room couldn't sleep with a watch in my room I could hear the clock downstairs I would often wow. get up in the middle of the night the clock that we had in the kitchen was my mum used to come around why have you wrapped this again why have you wrapped this clock wow. in a blanket and it would drive me potty she was on like the third floor yeah and like could never hear it we lived in like a tall thin townhouse yeah, yeah, yeah. she was just like why do you keep wrapping my clock up it's an expensive clock and I was like I can't sleep that's driving me mad that repetitive noise is driving me crazy when you go into an audition and all of a sudden you get sensory overload and you can hear and see everything, everything and everything from the lights and the sounds and then you're sat thinking and I'm not comfortable and oh my god I'm sweating and oh my god my arm oh, it's the way, honestly auditions are the worst things <laughs> does that reset you like putting your arms up so I call that a stim so it's everyone who's got autism or most people who've got autism or, or ADHD need a stimulation release okay so that's what stim stands for from what I know anyway you've yeah. got to bear in mind that I've only I've only been diagnosed nine months so I'm still learning every yeah. single day about yeah. myself and I still have these eureka moments where I go 
that's yeah. what this was. Uh, How did I ever not know? Like, I've only just learned about body doubling, but I'll tell you about that in a minute anyway. Okay. Yeah, stimulation release. So my housemate's autistic as well. So she was diagnosed when she was younger and she went through all the therapies and she's hilarious. But she has her stim and her stim is this. Okay. Like something very similar. So, like to that. trying to get the energy get out. Get the energy out. Yeah, and, and I, I, I get that. But she gets it when she's either stressed or really, really happy. So sometimes I have to figure out which one she is. Okay. So I go, Are you all right? You okay? And she's like, Yeah. And I said to her, and she was doing this once. I had my dog Isaac on the sofa and she went, Oh, sorry. <laughs> and she'd like stim on his head. And he'd just be like, Looking at her. And I'd be like, Are you okay? Are you? And she was like, Yeah. I was like, why do you stim like that? She went, it just feels mint. Really? <laughs> she's just like dead happy with herself. She's like, it just makes my day every time I see her do it. It's like an energy release. I saw my niece stim for the first time the other day. The reason I got diagnosed is because my, I've got so many funny stories about this. My mum, basically my mum started going, I think you're autistic. And I was like, good one, Mags, great. Right. Oh, like, and when did she do this? Like what age? A year ago. Oh, a year ago. She's like, I think you're autistic. And I was like, great, mum, great. Well, I think you're a Ass. Oh, so okay. thanks for that. Um, and she was like, no, no, I really do. I think you're autistic. And do you remember 2020 when we had no auditions for a single year yeah. and we weren't actors and we took yeah. ourselves right back down to the grounding level of who are we? Mm-hmm. Like it was a great time for me. Yeah, it was just finding out who you are. Yeah. I got my first audition back after 2020. Yeah. And my stimulation release is a cry. Like if I'm happy, if I'm overwhelmed, I will bore my eyes out. But just walking down the street and I'm oh, fine I'm with it. I'm like this. Yeah. <laughs> But this is the thing, I cry all the time. Out of excitement and happiness. Out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel normal and yeah, like... And then you feel normal afterwards. Totally, I feel like absolutely normal. You're sighing now thinking you should get diagnosed. I think you? I should as well. I did the other weekend. I think that's why being on the show and playing like in a soap, like you're happy one minute, you're crying the next. I think it released so much yeah. stuff for me. But it also exhausts you. I had a full day on set the other day where all I was doing was crying and fighting. I got in bed that night and I was like, I can't move, I can't speak to anyone, my phone was off. That's when I get a burnout. What was I talking yeah. about? My mum, I FaceTime her and I'm crying my eyes out and I can't get my breath. And she's going... <laughs> so imagine my mum's face on like a big screen of a, of a phone. And yeah. she's going, Holly! What's wrong? What's wrong, Holly? And I'm going, <laughs> nothing, Mum. I've just, I've just got an audition and I'm, I'm really excited. I can't believe I'm back in. She goes, Holly, it's the autism. <laughs> I'm looking at her. Bear in mind, I've not been diagnosed yet. And I'm going, I completely stopped crying. I was like, is, she, is this woman for real? And she was like, it's the autism. And she was in a restaurant. She was in a, She's so, hilarious, your mum, though. She's drama. Like, she is amazing. She's amazing. But she was, there, she was like, oh, my daughter's autism. My daughter's got It's the autism. <laughs> Anyway, I went like that. I went, okay, my mum, gonna get off the phone now. Thanks for this. Didn't speak about it. And then she came at me again, probably a few weeks later. Yeah. My niece mm-hmm. getting tested for autism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, she's a carbon copy of you, which she is, to yeah. be fair. And I went, right, what's your point, mum? And she was like, I just think you should get yourself tested for yourself. I went, mm. I don't need to get tested. I'm fine. And she was mm. like, yeah, but I think you'd understand yourself better. I think it'll be the best thing you ever do. Well, obviously she was right, but at the time... Yeah, it's hard to hear that, though, I was just it? like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. Where's this come from? And did you have, like, no understanding of it, really, before you got diagnosed? No. If you speak to our acting coach... Yeah. He always goes, well, duh. <laughs> yeah, he does. 
to the point very and dry. very blunt. <laughs> yeah, you he's just probably on the specky tees as he's well. It's just like there. literally you just told straight, aren't you? <laughs> you told straight. Yeah. So and I love that. I do I actually love, love it. That's but, why I love yeah. him. But it was it's it was just quite funny. Because I was like, yeah, I just didn't know anyone. And how funny is that that everyone else did around you, but you didn't? All right. <laughs> okay. You're being mean. So then a few weeks passed again and it gets to December and she's like, right, I want to pay for your diagnosis. And I went, why? I went, you've got so much better things to spend your money on. I'm not bothered. She mm. went, no, she went, I want to do it. And what I realised now is I think it was for herself. I think she needed yeah. to know. And I think it had played on her brain so much. But, but the funny thing is, I've asked her to get tested and she said no. And she won't. She's like, what's, what's the point? It's in families, isn't it? Yeah. It's passed down through families. Yeah, it's it's so all the generation below mine in my family, there's, I think there's four or five of them at the moment that have been diagnosed autistic. Wow. I think there's a few other family members who won't get tested because there's still that stigma. Yeah, there's loads in my family that I think yeah. are. And it's really strange as well because when you get diagnosed, you can spot it a mile, a mile off. off. Like, really strange. Yeah, so anyway, she sends me to get tested and she comes with me and, like, so she's helping me in case I forget anything from childhood because they ask you some really, like, will you breach? Like, it's just like, what? I don't know. Yeah, so when I was reliving things with my mum and when they were asking questions, like, yeah, I do do that. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, that was me. And then I was like what? This is really weird. And then it came back, yeah, that I am autistic. She was like, you're definitely ADHD, but we can't give you that diagnosis until there's another payment, which I was like, okay. And then when I started earning a bit more money, I saved up and then went back to get the diagnosis. They were like, you've got to get right back in the beginning of the queue again. Really? So, yeah. So it's going to take me a while to get that diagnosis, but I think it's fairly obvious. And <laughs> I think it's fairly obvious that I've got ADHD. <laughs> Just a little bit. How hard was it to get like an appointment to go for it? And obviously you said you paid for this, haven't you? So when my mum mentioned it, so she was really pushy the last few months Mm. before I got the diagnosis, but she'd mentioned it about a year earlier. Yeah. And I put myself on a waiting list then with the GP. We must have got 18 months in and I was already diagnosed by this point when I finally got a list to say I could go in. And I think it's even longer now. And ADHD, you're looking you're looking at years, which is annoying. And then obviously you get all these private companies who want to slap a massive bill on it and get you to do it. But the problem is, so with, with ASD, the only thing that I can really get is coping mechanism therapy, which I've been getting online, to be honest. I'm really loving finding other women the same as me mm. and going, I do that. It's so misunderstood, especially with females. Yes. I mean, look at Christine McGuinness. She also had no idea that she was exactly. autistic. Because we mirror other people, but don't so we? so weird. I watched her documentary and I spotted it in my life. Really? Yeah, I've started being able to do it. It's really weird. There's a lot of things I've replayed in my life where I've gone, that's what that was. And I'm so straight to the point, and I can't lie, that I'd always come across as a bit like, oh, God, she's, you know. But I'm absolutely fascinated with your story because I just see so much of myself with what you're saying. I'm so yeah. to the point, I can't lie. People get quite offended sometimes by me yeah, because I'm same. just like, I say it as it is, I text as it is, and people go, oh, that's a bit rude. And I'm like, I don't mean it to be. No. It's just like... I bumped into one of my old housemates like from years ago. Yeah. I went to a boxing match my friend was playing and she was working there. I've not seen the girl since like 2016. Mm. And I was like, hi. And I thought, I'm not really angry anymore about us not speaking. Mm. And I, I, was, I was part of a friendship group that I was really bullied out of. Okay. And they were really not nice to me. Yeah. They were the kind of girls that I'd be like, why are you wearing Converse with a dress? Very mean girls vibes. Yeah. And I got myself out of that group. I'm more than happy, trust me. Yeah. But I bumped into her. I hadn't seen her for a long time. I gave her a hug and I went, hi, are you okay? She was yeah. like, yeah. She was like, oh my God, you look great. I was like, so do you. Um, and then we went back to the table and I came back up and I was like, and it started to get really loud. And I was looking at my bag and I was like, I've forgotten my earplugs because that's the one thing that helps me out. Okay. And I was like, I've got 
forgot my earplugs. I was like, I'm going to get sensory overload. I'm going to ruin this day for myself if I'm not careful. So I went straight back up to the girl I used to live with and Anna was like, have you got any earplugs? And she was like, yeah, what do you need them for? And I was like, awkward. Um, I'm, well, I was recently diagnosed with autism and ADHD. And she went, oh. And I went, ah, oh, everything makes a bit more sense now, doesn't it? And she was like, yeah. And she just looked at me and she went, Holly, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for how I treated you. And I went, well, that's okay. I said, I'm not angry anymore. Like, I don't Mm. feel... She was like, no, but she said I was a different person back then. And she was like, and I completely lacked compassion. Obviously, the older you get, I do think your compassion does grow anyway. Mm. She must have replayed the whole thing in her head within 10 seconds. I watched her eyes move left, right and go, oh, my God. Mm. It all made sense to her. But again, that lack of understanding, me just being the weirdo in a group was never... A dress. It was just, she's weird. We don't want her in it. I'd come so out and want to wear two it? different colour eyeshadows and wear stick a pair of Converse on mm. two different shoes. But should we dress. all be able to just be who we are? We should, but it's like, I look at my niece yeah. and she's everything. I want to be as cool as her when I grow mm. up. Like. I'm like this with my niece. Honestly, I look at her and I'm like, wow. They don't and they're care. not apologetic to no, anyone. She doesn't care. It took me 38 years to kind of start accepting myself and start but like... Did, but we grew up in a generation where yeah. we were told that we must be thin. We were told that totally. we must have, We must get yes. married. Yes, must, yes, yes. We must go to christenings and... Uh, and always and, do stuff that you don't want to do to please yes, people yeah, and yeah, to please your family and your me. friends and you've got to lie to people to make them feel good. I don't know, shouldn't we be in a world where we all are a little bit more honest and don't lie as much? So I can't fathom it. And the funny thing is as well, I can spot somebody a mile off who isn't themselves. I end up distancing myself so much that mm. I must come across rude. When I see someone and they, they, you can tell they don't accept themselves, I don't mm. know how to be around them mm. because it's a bit like, come on, you've got to admit I've always been myself. I've always been always. unapologetically myself. Always been yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean I knew myself, but I was unapologetically myself mm. and I've always been like, yeah, I don't want to go to that, so I'm not going. Yeah. I remember somebody saying to me once, which is so rude of me, Somebody said to me back when we were in Hollyoaks, are you coming to the Christmas too? And my answer was, I see you all for 12 hours, five days a week. Why would I want to come to the Christmas too? <laughs> I can't remember who it was. She was like, oh, right. And I was like, legit, why would I want to do that? I told it my mum. My mum was like, do you not think that was a bit rude? I was like, but why though? Why is it rude? It's just me being honest. But yes, it was definitely rude. It was definitely rude. I know, but it's, I get it now. I didn't back then. I didn't back them when you were like that. I was a little bit like, because I just didn't understand it. But this is where like, I really wanted to get you on today to kind of get even more understanding, but everyone should have more understanding of yeah. people who have got autism or ADHD. People can be themselves no matter what, and we all should accept it. Yeah, I do definitely think that I was, I was a lot feistier and I didn't have as much empathy or compassion back then. But especially with masking as well. There's things that I've done that's learnt behaviour that I've had to now go back on and figure out. But that's understandable because between one and seven, we learn our programming. Like our subconscious mind, we run on these programmes. So between one and seven, we learn all that from all our surroundings, our parents, grandparents, neighbours, anything like that. So that is a learned behaviour. And it's just about going... Is that working for me? No. So I've got to change that I don't know what I don't know what it was that made me change it, though. I was so combative mm. until probably the age of 25. I always felt like being brought up in, like, theatre schools and stuff like that. Other. It was you pitted against each other. You've got to push yourself at the front and you've got to be the best, so you've got to push that person out the way. Even if you like them, you're like, I'm here, I'm better, and I got brought up being that way 
yeah, within yeah, yeah. acting. And then it was only when I was in the show and I was like, I don't actually like being like this. No, like, no. this isn't my values. Oh, and I really want to support and people. And they've all got value in my life. Even if I go for auditions now, like I, I said this but the other day. it doesn't help either though. Like, if you think about it, we were always pitted against each other in the magazine. Totally. So it was always like, we'd open up a magazine and they'd have all five of us yeah. stood there and they'd rate our outfits from yeah. from not terrible, isn't it? When you look back now, and I'm like, to where like, we are now. What? No wonder the jealousy came from, mm. from somewhere. And I look back on it and I'm like, it's, it's in front of my face yeah. here. Everyone seemed to think that was okay. Look how much weight she's put on. Why are you commenting? Like, I know. Like, you don't know what this person's going through. And I remember feeling so low about myself because I was just constantly called fat. I think I was put on the news of the world with a cigarette hanging out my mouth doing the bees at a friend of ours who was a paparazzi. Yeah. It was your wedding. I remember this. Was it? It was your wedding. Oh, was it my Hindu? It, no, it was your wedding day. Oh, okay. And I had half straight hair, half curly hair, which was a wig because okay. my hair straightness in the show had blown up. And it was the most... Oh, I was... thought you meant my personal oh wedding. You God, mean no, on no, the no, show? No, 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 no. <laughs> which also I was, was a lovely day. Did you turn onto my wedding with, like, half curly hair no, and half straight? No, I didn't. <laughs> I wore a Nadine Mirabi dress and had I know. Hair. I know when it was. Was, it was when I was like been spray tanned and I was on roller skates. Yes. At the church. Was at the that your first one? No, your second wedding. Yeah, it was when I got married to Calvin and yeah, I was on roller skates and it was the church at the yeah. bottom of the road, so wasn't I it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I looked a bloody bugger. So anyway, we were sat outside and it was a really hot day and I had this like yeah. zip up salmon coloured salmon coloured bridesmaids dress on and I had like a skin colour bra underneath now I was really hot so I just popped it down Yeah, I had the skin colour bra on yeah. went outside for a cigarette because I smoked back then and I was like sparking a cigarette and I saw the guy that we knew and I was like eh? <laughs> um, yeah so I like gave him the, yeah. the V's like joking obviously he took a picture I didn't think anything of it mm. And I've looked and I'm on the front of the news of the world. I'd love to see that now. I would frame it and stick it in my house. With the, with the he- caption, oh, Holly J. Bowles proving that she really is a McQueen. She really is a chav. Look mm. at her. She's out of control. And I was like, what? Yeah. I do feel like they painted me out to be like this wild child, which I really wasn't. Do you think that really affected kind of then how you lived your life and then how you was like on the show? I felt like I had to constantly, so after the show, yeah. I felt like I had to constantly prove myself that mm. I wasn't a wild child, that I did enjoy my job and that I could. So you weren't living you, tr- no, you weren't being your authentic self really, God, were no, you? you I were left kind- the show, I lost two stone, mm. I went down to a size six, dyed all my hair back my natural red because yeah. I wanted to distance myself so much. I get that, I did exactly the same. I went dark when I left the show. I and I was like, I only want to go for dramas. I don't want to do any comedy where all I get now is comedy. I actually like comedy. It's really oh, good. But you, start, you do, comedy. you kind of, you do, you Anybody distance. Anybody want to hire me for some comedy? <laughs> but yeah, we no, could you do, do our own show. You want to, yeah, we, we absolutely could. I always wanted to distance myself, but like yeah. I'm running 8K a day. It's not normal. Yeah. I ran 8K a day out of boredom. But I it's... ran on Christmas Day. What? It's so hard. I think it's also trying to find who you truly are when you leave something like that. But I didn't figure out who I was really until I probably hit 30. Yeah. I'm 33 now. And when and, did you get your diagnosis? The month before I turned 33. Yeah. And do you feel that's really helped you like being your true authentic I self, like unapologetic now? I cannot tell you how happy I am. Mm. And it's the first time I can in my see life. it. I can see it. Like Yeah, people come up to me and I go, you look so happy. Yeah. And I'm like, because I am, I'm great. But in that wonderful, in it, how we all should feel. It's just nice to feel comfortable in my skin. And yeah. when I have a down day, and like, just don't get me wrong, there's a lot of negative things that come with autism. Like, I don't understand sarcasm very often, mm. unless I'm giving it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, I, I do struggle, like, 
somebody said something to me the other day and I just took it as gospel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but you've already eaten because you ate six kebabs the other day. And they were like, no, I was joking. I was just saying yeah. I felt like I'd eaten six kebabs. I was like, oh, and needing to body double. So I learned this literally three weeks ago. Okay. So my old housemate, Naomi, will tell you, I used to go into her room and i go, Naomi, can you come and sit on my bed? Because I need to tidy my room. And she'd go, yeah. And she wasn't bothered. We love spending time together. Yeah. And she'd come and sit on the bed. But her being sat there meant that I could do my task. If she wasn't in the room with me, okay. I would not do it because it was so mundane and so boring that I couldn't physically bring myself to move that from there to there. And I would procrastinate. If she, so whenever she went on holiday and I, and I knew I needed to clean the house or yeah. I, I needed to do my washing, I'd be like, I'll do that today. And I'd be like... General tasks. General like... tasks are just so hard. Yeah. I've got myself into a bit of a routine now and routine is key. I need it. So, like, now it's, like, Monday is wash day and this day is that day. Yeah, and yeah, every yeah. Every two weeks now I wash the sofa and then I've got this and, the, yeah. and you know, it's stuff like that. But it, honestly, until I figured out what this was, I just thought I was a lazy cow. The body doubling, so I'd get her in and sit in the room and just yeah. sit on the bed and then I could go through the whole of my room and completely tidy it with her. And would there. you talk to her while you were doing All it? All the way through. All the way through. And now if I've not got a body double, I FaceTime someone for half Do an you? hour. And then the thing is, because I've got so focused on the conversation I'm having, I've turned around and gone, I've done it. Oh, we've done it. Yeah, but then the funny thing is, I kick them straight out afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, great, yeah, done that now. I'm off the phone now, see you in a bit. My mum's like, hang on a minute. I'm like, off you go, mum, see you it's later. It's fascinating. Honestly, it's fascinating though, isn't it? Because then this is how you can just live your normal life and get all these things done as long as you know But you I think I it. come across to a normal person as a complete whirlwind. What is normal? I don't care, though. I don't but what, care. But Paul, what is normal? I think it's because I've always grown up as, you're a bit weird, you. I get told so it. So you've, you've still got that belief a little bit in your mind, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, but I feel like I want to reclaim that. I'm a little weirdo and I'm totally okay with it yeah. now. Whereas that word used to really trigger me when I was younger. Mm. So I remember a lad in school when I was really young going, you're weird, you. Look like mm. the girl from Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. But as, <laughs> but, but as a 10-year-old. Is that a horse? Is it an old woman? No, it's Holly. Yes, yeah, so it's just like a, just a bit of a And you know when you go back to myself. school, like, was there anyone in school that got diagnosed with autism or was there any help within the school? No. Like, did they notice I anything like this with you? I then got bullied by the teachers. Oh, it just breaks my heart. And when I got Grange Hill, my headmaster said, Grange Hill's illegal. And I went, well, that's weird because it's been running for 28 years. I must <laughs> let them know. And then I had one teacher in front of everybody go, where have you been filming this? Yes, but where? Where have you been? All the teachers knew Terrible. where I'd been. And all, then you've got all the kids in the back doing the Grange Hill theme tune, like, down, down, down. It's awful, And I sat there and I was like, I thought, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. I'm not telling you where I've been. I said, I've been to work, miss. I've been to work. And mm. she'd go, where's work? And then mm. I went, Liverpool, miss. And then someone in the back went, miss, miss, she's in Grange Hill, she's in Grange Hill. And she looked me up and down, that teacher, and she said, I had visions of you being a cleaner, gave me my work, sent me outside and sat me on the floor. <sighs> Because I was too much hard work for her. She could not handle me. Because, because you didn't conform into no. the way that the teacher wanted students no, to be. No, and I still don't now. It's really funny. So with the business that I do now, I do permanent makeup. And... Yeah, this is what I wanted to go on to as well, because you've got your own business as yeah. well. You're still acting and you've got your own business. Because so... there's, there's no way that you could be an actor full-time no. all the time. It just no. doesn't happen. No, so it doesn't. I mean, you're lucky if you are. I've been lucky this year. It's yeah. been my full-time job this year, yeah. but next year it might not be. Yeah. Year might after it. So yeah. you have to have a backup. And I think it's good. It's good for you, your mental health to have something oh else God. going Another on, doesn't it? That makes your soul oh, happy. totally. And this makes my soul happy. Making women feel good about themselves yes. makes my soul happy. Yeah. So I've got ladies that come in who have just had cancer treatments oh. and they want fresh eyebrows yeah. and they want to look nice and like lip blush for ladies who are a bit older. Anyway, there's, there's many possibilities why ladies would want these things done. Yeah. When I was going to learn this, 
I remember going in and going, I feel like I'm at school. This is hard work. Mm. Why have you given me a book of theory? I don't understand it. There's too many variables. I don't understand. And then they've had to adapt their teaching because I've kicked off so many times as if I was a child. I've reverted straight back to 14-year-old going, this doesn't make sense. Help, help. And they don't know how to help me because the way that they teach, a standard way of teaching. Do you know what? It's been really lovely this past week because I've been filming. I've I've dropped that course off for a while and I've picked it back up. It's a different module that I'm doing. And I've been going, right, let's look at these 29 variables and figure this out. Mm. And I'm going through my book and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. But then I started reverting it back to old training that I've got that makes sense and comparing the two. And I rang up my tutor and I was like, Eureka moment, Eureka moment. This means that, doesn't it? And that means this. And she went, yes. She was being really compassionate with me. It's not that she's never not been compassionate, but it's always been just left a bit. She's been quite confused by... When I go in and have a meltdown and I'm crying over something and I can't yeah, explain why I'm crying, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not working. And she sent me a message saying, just let you know, this is really helpful for my training. My youngest son's just been diagnosed with ASD. And I was like, so this is wow. what happens when you don't conform. You get this meltdown. Mm. You get this upset because I don't know how to, mm, I know, to learn I know. in a normal way. But Holly, do you understand what you're doing? Like being so real and being you and not conforming, you are helping so many people out. Like, yeah, that... but I reckon I ruined a few people's days in the process. <laughs> I think you, you know, I think you've given people a lot of fun as well along the way. She now will understand how to help anybody else that comes on the I'm course. I'm a visual learner and a lot of people who are autistic yeah. and ADHD are practical visual learners. Mm. You give me a handbook and expect me to look. Yeah. I have gone like this already. Wow, look at that over there. What's the thing? Yeah, oh you just God. can't concentrate I can't on the concentrate. words. And if it doesn't make sense to me... And if I've not got a body double, yeah. I can't do those things. Yeah. And then don't even get me started if I've got to go into a normal day, yeah. my normal day to day, going into the salon or going on set. Don't even get me started on if that workload then gets too much. I then have to have a week burnout where I yeah. don't speak to anyone on the phone. Yeah. I've got a full week with my dogs, yeah. just walking them to get my serotonin level up. And can I ask you as well on that? Because we share a massive passion for dogs, don't we? <laughs> we do. That, that's where we connected oh anyway. This is where we connected. We love dogs. So, yeah, um, I find they are my therapy dogs. Yeah, and they calm you and everything. I am working on when the girls get a little bit older, when they hit two, I want to go through the training to become therapy dogs, at least one That's of them. That's really nice. For my anxiety and stuff, I really want, because I do find when I have a really bad day or, or even a good day, I just cuddle them and I feel like I can breathe properly. We've become proper homebodies, I think, in our, yeah. in our, in our old age. Yeah. Um, I was always like this, but I conformed to going out to try and fit in with groups of people. When I took myself away from that type of environment and that social circle, I go, this is how I was. Because even when I was 17, I used to rather sit in with my mum and dad and our dogs than actually go out. But I'd go out because I thought I had to go out at that age because that's what we did. Do you know what I mean? I've got so many people who... I'm going to have to start another story on this. This broke my heart. I went to a festival recently. Now, I speak a lot about my earplugs. I wear earplugs and I've got really pretty cool ones. I'll list what they are at the end. I've got really pretty cool ones that you can get that look like earrings. So yeah. nobody asks you why you're wearing earplugs. Yeah, yeah, I get that yeah, a lot. Yeah. I went to a festival recently now. In the toilets, we saw a couple of the girls. Everyone's complimenting each other's outfits. Yeah. And then later on, I went back to buy this stupid hat um, at this merch stand. And one of the girls was stood there. And she looked really panicked. And I went, are you okay? Mm. And she just went, I can't find my friends. I've lost my friends. And I was like, okay, well, we'll find them. I remember what they look like. It's cool. And she just stopped and she gripped me in my hands and she started shaking. And I went, are you okay? She went, I've got autism. I shouldn't have come here. And I went, okay, look at me. I said, I've got autism. (sighs) 
I said, you should have come here. You don't think that you can't go somewhere. And she went, I've only just been di diagnosed, though. I didn't know anything oh. about it. I said, I've only just been diagnosed. Yeah. I said, it's about knowing what your trigger points are. And she went into a full-blown hyperventilation. She had sensory overload. Like, I've never seen it. Like, I don't even think I've, I've had sensory overload like that before. Right. And I went, right, okay. And then this guy at the merchant was like, it's all right. Go and have it. Go and enjoy your night. I'll look after her. I went, no. I said, go and get me a set of earplugs immediately and move me into the back. Yeah. So she was shaking. She was really upset. She was stimming. Her stims were quite similar to mine, but more of a shaky wrist. Okay. And I was like, right, okay, she's having a bad time. So I sat her down. I was like, right, talk to me. I was like, what is it? And she went, I hate my autism. I want to be a normal person. I'm ashamed of myself. And I was like, I don't hate my autism. Mm. I'm not ashamed of myself. I said, I don't want you to be ashamed of yourself. And I gave her a list of Instagram pages to go and look at and yeah. go and try and research because what's happening now is young women are getting diagnosed and they aren't given any resources afterwards because they have to pay. My coping mechanism therapy would have cost me about £300 a session. Wow. I don't have that. I don't Why have is there that. not more help? Because the waiting list is as long as your arm. So that, to me... And this is the reason I've come on the show to speak about this because it can sometimes be a bit, totally. tra a bit traumatic to yeah. talk about. That young girl was 24 years old and I don't know what I would have done if I was diagnosed at that, time, yeah. at that age. She had no clue what her triggers were. And also, how awful. I'm ashamed of my autism, she said. It broke my heart. And I went, well, I'm not ashamed of mine. I'm going to try and make sure that you're not ashamed of yours. Yeah. And I swapped Instagrams with her. Yeah. Gave her all these different Instagram sites for her to sit yeah. and look at. Sent her the page of the earplugs that I want her to go and buy. So she yeah. feels like she can fit in. Oh, she said, Holly, I want to so, be... so inspirational. I just felt, I honestly, but it, it, it broke my heart. Because yeah. that that's just me, younger yeah. version. Yeah. She went, I just want to be, I just want to go to festivals and be like a normal person, like my friends. And I went, do your friends understand? And she went, no, but I don't. Oh. She, she's given, she's been given this diagnosis and left to and fend for herself. And then left to fend for herself, like. Now, you're lucky that my mental health is great and I'm in my 30s and I know who I am. Mm. And I, because that, to somebody who either isn't equipped to mentally deal with it, mm. may not be in a very good place. Could floor them. Well, this is why I really wanted to get you on today and talk about this, because obviously mind and wellness, I set it up so we discuss these topics, everything to do with your mind, but also your wellness of your body. And all the stuff that I've done over the time with the meditation, coaching, all that sort of thing, it's understanding what other people are going through. Mm. And there's a space, like what we have at Mind and Wellness, our community, it's a non-judgmental space. So yeah. you can talk about it. And yeah. if I don't know any answers, somebody else within the space might know, but they'll help each other out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You've I been through my, it all. my Instagram is quite an open book. It is flooded with messages off young women who tell me they're ashamed of themselves, oh, which is, makes me really sad. It's heartbreaking. And then it? I think hopefully when they see, and, and then, but what I do love though is they'll send me messages and go, bought the earplugs, haven't they changed? Mm. Have they really changed everything? I'm it's like, just yeah, those little have. steps, isn't it? That's my all it is. My point is sound and like yeah. lights and strobing which is mad because obviously I spent the whole of my 20s doing festivals yeah. but then I, I was exhausted exhausted I was exhausted well it's just because you you understand it more now you recognise it more don't you yeah. and that's what I was saying about the dogs like when you have your downtime do you feel like your dogs get you through Oh, God, gotcha. All of this. I and look at it and I go, this is really difficult, especially because I've got a puppy and a 15-year-old at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's really hard. It's so worth, worth it. it. Animals do help with yeah. autism, ADHD, with anybody with mental health illnesses, you know, anxiety. That I've, Animals do help you. And I think that's why we as individuals gravitate yeah. towards animals because... When you got Isaac 15 years ago, I remember him as a puppy and that's why I went and got Phoebe. I need more dogs. So then I went and got Piper and Pearl and honestly, the best thing I've ever done. We're in the same situation though now where we've got a puppy and, and older. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard, but the older ones, like it's like they've got a new 
Lisa like Isaac's with the puppies. Isaac's a little shit. <laughs> he is a naughty boy. He wants to shout at him one minute and then take him under his wing the next Yes. bullies him. But yeah, they really do help, don't they? Massively. You can definitely get yourself in a headspace where... Because for me, I get extreme highs and then mm. and then I have a crash. So, like, my energy can be all over yeah. the place. Yesterday, my energy was wild. Sunday, my energy, energy yeah. was wild. I was like, Tigger, running around. Yeah. And I could feel it. And it was like, oh, my God. And, but I instantly go, I'm going to have a crash this week. Mm. And I know what that Have I you know ever then. thought about trying some of the work that we do, like meditation or breathing techniques to have help with that? Have you ever seen that? me try and sit still, Gemma? No, I know. But you don't have to sit still. We have walking meditations as well. Do you know what well. I did love? <laughs> I loved yoga. It's one day started to clash with work and I never yeah. went back and did it. Because that's what I find, like, with balance, it's like having all this sort of stuff that I do daily balances me out from having the energy crash. Now, do you know what, what? my release is now? Spin class. That's me well, going, it's what works for my you, ADHD it? needs to get out of my body right now. Yeah, it works for Fast. you. But <laughs> honestly, hard. I just think it's absolutely amazing how open you are to share this and helping other people. And I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on because I knew it was going to be an amazing chat, but <laughs> wow, that was just even better than I thought it was going to be. And I think we might have to have um, another chat because oh, we'll there's probably so much more, isn't there? That, but if anyone um, needs any help, you know, you can go to Holly's page on Instagram and also you said that you'll share all those pages a list as well. of people that I follow, whether it's either earplugs that I wear or um, young autistic females like myself who yeah. give the best advice. Yeah. So if you go on Instagram at Mind and Wellness UK, we'll put all the links on there for the earplugs and all the accounts that Holly's just mentioned. Yeah, different pages of discovery. So if you think you're ADHD or autistic... Get yourself on the waiting list. Yeah. And start acting like you are and start mm. understanding yourself a bit more mm. and put the boundaries in place to go, you know what? I'm not going to that on Saturday. It's going to be too much for me. Don't ask any questions. Yes. And be completely... Okay with it. Oh, okay with it, yeah. The people who do not respect your boundaries will come out in leaps and bounds totally. and start to see it. But I just want to say a huge thank you. It's been amazing to catch up. And uh, I've loved every minute of it. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you for having me. So that's episode three complete and what an amazing chat that was. In episode four, we continue our living with theme and explore what's it like rebuilding your life with the inspirational Beth Costello, a fitness coach and Pilates expert from Liverpool. And we explore the question, what is normal? For more information on what we've covered today, search nhs.co.uk for more information, help and advice. Via Instagram, search at Mind and Wellness UK for exclusive content and how to access the gym membership for your mind. See you next Monday for episode four of our Mind and Wellness podcast. Take care. Get exclusive content, help, and advice on Instagram and TikTok. Search at Mind and Wellness UK.